Hey y'all, it's me again, Bonnie Violet. I just wanted to take a second and thank my Patreon members. Patreon members are folks who contribute on a monthly basis, anywhere from $3 to $150 a month to support the work of a queer chaplain. Big shout out to Victoria Thompson, Jason Brandt, Brandon Stanton, Kim Silva, Brandy McCarg, Randy Sandnot, Bob Kaiser, Joey Heckmeister, Violet Rhiannon, Gabriel, Jonathan, Patrick and Todd Atkins Whitley. Thank you so much for your continued contributions. And if you're interested in joining the Patreon, just check the link in the description. Go to patreon.com forward slash Bonnie Violet. Thanks so much. Bye bye. morning lacers how's it going bonnie violet here a queer chaplain um and today is day 11 of the lives as part of lacing your narrative with the spiritual thread um live stream workshop series um we are in our second week um and we are focusing this week on when did our understanding of religion change um and i was going to share with you a big part of my process or what's been helpful is to talk with other people, to listen to um, other people talk about things that I've been challenged by. And so um, I'm going to share with you a couple of things that um, I've been able to participate in the last couple of days that have been super helpful in me beginning to see things a little bit differently, specifically around religion. And so last night um, I had one of my dragon spirituality interviews, um, interviewed my 23rd drag artist, Miss Penny Cost. And in our conversation, um, <clears throat> she uh, shares about her kind of first experience kind of going into church. Um, and this timing was actually right after her having to kind of stop living with her parents and living with grandparents because of her um, sexuality. Um, so I'm going to share this little clip with you. Also in the description, I have a link if you want to listen to the whole interview after today, we're just going to listen to this little part. Here we go. When did, I guess, church? When did when did you become a church lady? <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh my gosh, I, my, that boyfriend was, was, uh, came from a family that went to church every Sunday and Sunday was like a church ordeal. It was a small non-denominational church, but his family made up like 50% of the church membership. Um, and uh, so he like invited me and I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. We'll see what's going on. I went uh, and we were standing around afterwards discussing where to go for lunch. And it was like, are we going to Chili's or are we going to Cracker Barrel? Like those are the churchy places to go to go hang out afterwards. And the pastor 
came over. He like came over. He goes, I'm going to be real awkward for a moment. And I was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> I ran out of church on my first day. World, <laughs> like I'm an extremely competitive person, but like that is a whole new thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's like, listen, I don't know who you are, or why you're here. And like the room was silent because we were all standing in a circle and everyone's eyes was on me because at that time the boyfriend wasn't out. And so I was just oh. tagging along. Um, and I was like, oh dear God, like I'm just this gay friend who is here. And he goes, but you right here right now is enough. And this is all you will ever have to be. And then he said, mic drop and walked away. <laughs> um, and I was like, I don't know what the flop to do with this information that was just shared with me. Um, and it was like an extremely, extremely uh, spiritual moment. And mm. um, like now I would say like, it felt very like holy good. Something was moving in that moment. Because um, mm. after he said that, I realized that like the church is a place, it's a family um, that I can be a part of um, and just be myself uh, and just be, just like dwell and exist without having to explain or anything. Uh, so it's just really, really beautiful. Yeah. Kara says, thank you, random boyfriend. <laughs> It was such a great interview last night. Um, I really encourage you to um, take some time if you want to uh, listen to it. Um, I think I sent the, I put the YouTube link, but it's also on podcast. Um, but I had such a great um, conversation with Miss Pentecost. And I think the exciting thing is, is, you know, we have a almost a 20 years difference in age and grew up in a similar kind of environment and a similar um familial understanding of sex and sexuality that was uncomfortable more so like with, I guess, yeah, it wasn't necessarily church. It was exciting to hear that church was kind of like the place that first held, um, or I guess not first, but held him um, as he was um, like right from the get go and affirmed, affirmed him. And so I thought that was really cool to see that, um, cause church was that for me when I was young as well. Church was my place. It was my safe place. It was my place to, to go to. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and share one more thing. Um, I've been, um, you know, as it is like, <clears throat> you've been following, you know, like I grew up Christian, so that's kind of like where my, um, my stuff is. And I, um, had been really questioning, just questioning a lot of things in particular, like kind of understanding of the Bible and all that. And uh, I came across this um, podcast. It's called Yas Jesus. <laughs> and um, it's a couple of folks who do this uh, podcast. I think it's like every Sunday or something like that. And they talk about strip about scripture in particular. And I wanted to share just a little bit of one of the stories that they share that um, I think it's just helpful for a lot of us to see, you know, like, it's like, how can we put this text into 
work for us now? How can we see ourselves in the text? And that's true for anything. You know, I've read Janet Mock's book and, um, and uh, you know, or I've read other things in the, and when I can identify or like kind of connect with that to me, I feel like that's, that's like the purpose of a text sometimes. And so I think even the Bible is created in that sense too, of, of something that we can read and gain some sort of strength or, I think the big thing is really to, to realize that you're not alone. Um, that's one of the things, like you're not alone in your thinking, you're not alone in your um, feeling of isolation or that you don't fit or that there's something just a little bit more <laughs> extra about you that um, that doesn't allow you to kind of like show up in the space like everyone else is. And so this part of this process too, with a queer chaplain and podcasts and stuff is I've just found out that there's so many of us out there. Um, and so this is just like another way of like, you know, if you're struggling with kind of figuring it out for yourself or whatever, I mean, there is an element of that, but it can be helpful to have little sparks and um, prompts, if you will, of seeing how other people are, um, are doing it. And so, um, this is a, um, a Bible story that um, many of us probably grew up with or heard. I mean, I think even um, there is a musical um, about this, um, this particular story, um, but it has a little bit more information to it than what I knew before. So I'm going to go ahead and share this with you all. Here we go. They threw their brother Joseph in the well because he wore what can be called a princess dress. So the direct translation of Joseph's coat in the Bible. The original word, and I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this, is kitonet pasim. Right. That was what they called the coat, the colorful coat that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And... Nowhere in Genesis is this word brought up. There's only one other place mm -hmm. in the Bible that we hear of this word. Right. And in that verse, and I don't have it in front of me, so, you know, hit me up later. Slide in my DMs if you want that story. <laughs> but later when the Bible does bring this word up again, ketonet pasim, it's about a woman who is wearing one. A ceremonial. And she was a princess. And a virgin. So it's yes, a ceremonial dress was, for a virgin princess to wear. Right. Daughter of the king, virgin. Mm -hmm. So... When you interpret this word literally, it means princess dress. Well, that's what how I literally interpret it. Princess dress. So Joseph's 12 brothers, the 12 tribes of Israel, are jealous of him. And Joseph's 12 brothers work in the field and they're hardworking men, right? And Joseph is one of Jacob's favorite sons and gets treated differently and is more of the messenger and kind of like the office manager, right? Yeah, <laughs> Joseph is like the daddy's office manager, right? And all the brothers are just the hard workers. And so when they see that Jacob gave Joseph this colorful coat, they become jealous and angry and they throw him in a well. And after part beating it, him up... Part of it potentially is rage over it being a non-masculine Exactly. Item. Like their masculinity was probably threatened. Sure, like they were thinking perhaps he was bringing shame to the family or, or being too loud or being too audacious in what he was wearing. It's the same thing that happens with trans people today. You know, I, I remember being out with 
one of my ginger queer friends, we were walking around Beverly Hills. They were wearing a fur coat and I was wearing this kimono. And we were just <laughs> sure being silly. Yeah, and, just being fun. And we got harassed by a car that pulled up beside us and was kind of like just lingering there. And like they were playing games, we could tell, right? And so this still happens to trans people today, just as it was happening in biblical times with Joseph. I think it's interesting. Josephine, should we say. <laughs> I think it, that's my grandma's name. I think it's so interesting because I saw a meme that said that every Every single gay person that I know has been called a faggot from a moving vehicle. And I think straight people should just be aware of that happening. Mm -hmm. And I posted that on my Facebook and the reactions I was getting and the stories of when that had happened mm -hmm. to so many people. I remember being in Fort Lauderdale and I was with one of my first boyfriends. I mean, this was kind of like, I love you. I love you. Like we were just like kissing and holding hands. Mm -hmm. We had broken up at that time. We remained good friends. And we had gone to the gay beach together, Sebastian Beach in Fort Lauderdale, right across from the W Hotel Girl. Because you know if gays are going to pick a gay beach, it's going to be near the nice <laughs> hotel in the mall. Uh, <laughs> but it's we were at Sebastian Beach and we were sitting there and we were enclosed. We weren't even like ready for the beach. We just wanted to check it out. And I remember seeing like a big muscled queen and like a rainbow speedo and then all these people <laughs> at like home. <laughs> at home right now it's like a very familiar site but then mm -hmm. it was like wow florida you know mm -hmm. so we're looking around and he goes you know this is just so incredible that you could just sit here and be gay and nobody cares and then someone from a moving vehicle went facts mm -hmm. <laughs> like just like it sounded like the simpsons yeah and we both just like cracked up because it's just like man we can't even have this moment mm -hmm. you know but it is an interesting thing to talk about especially in relation to joseph and like the ridicule and persecution that he faced just because of wearing something that was a little yeah. bit different a little bit possibly misgendered for the norm of the day mm -hmm. and so very colorful yeah so he comes out to give a message to his brothers who are working in the field his dad just gave in this coat and his brothers see him walking up. It is kind of insane. Can you picture working in a field and like working really hard and then all of a sudden your brother shows up in this gilded coat this of like a thousand colors. Coat. And he's like, hey y'all. Like, I feel like a little bit. Hi, once you're done with those grains over there, do you mind just herding the sheep back into the farm? Daddy said y'all gotta herd the sheep now. You know, that is um, funny. But I, I mean, I would get mad at a sibling who had a lighter job too, but I think what was really festering that day is like, what the hell is he wearing? You know? Yeah, well, he's like he's showing up like that. Right. Like, I think that was what was bothering everyone. Right. And so they beat him up and they throw him into the well. He's actually described also as a child as someone who was sensitive, someone who was soft-spoken. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of mentions in the Bible of different people being hairy or whatever, and they speak of Joseph being smooth and soft yes. to the touch. And yes. So he had a very effeminate yeah. appearance and disposition and personality, which leads many scholars to believe that perhaps Joseph was trans or Joseph was genderqueer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that... How do I... All right. So um, those were just a couple of things to share with you that I've been just kind of listening to. Again, I put it in the, um, in the description. Um, as the story goes on later on, there's it's actually quite the story, but basically I think one of the things that's really relevant to is at the end of it, not to like spoiler, um, but he ends up later, much later in life. Cause they, you know, they, they tell us, they, they throw him in the well, they beat him up. Um, they steal the coat, they put blood on it, animal blood, and they tell their father that he, he was killed. Um, and so many, 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 many years down the road, there's a position in which his brother, and they sold his brother into slavery. 
but the brother ended up kind of getting to a place in life where he was in a much better position and actually was in a place of a lot of power. Um, he became really close with the king. Anyways, I'm not going to go through all that. But there is a moment where he gets to show up for his family and like kind of like be the the person who helps his family and his brothers, even though they they did that to him, and even be able to see that how I guess the for me the the God aspects is being able to see afterwards how this the good that comes out of everything. To me, I feel like that's what spirituality is, is seeing the good out of everything. It's not that, to me, it's not that everything happens, like this thing didn't happen so that I can learn this or learn that or learn this, but because this happened already, I can look at it now and see what good came from it. Um, at least that's my understanding. Maybe there is some whatever, but that's just kind of where I'm at with some of this stuff. Um, I'm right at that. Uh, 16 minutes, so a little bit longer than I like to go. Um, today, there is every Thursday at 5 p.m., there is that Zoom room. Again, that link is in the description as well. Um, have a great day, um, and I will see you all tomorrow or maybe this afternoon. Bye. Hey y'all, Bonnie Violet here again. Just wanted to take a second to let you know about Splintered Grace Podcast. Splintered Grace Podcast just completed its fifth season entitled Still Seeking. Splintered Grace is a podcast that I co-host with my aunt who is a conservative Christian and one of my biggest supporters in my trans identity and just life in general. While many family members are choosing to no longer speak, we have chosen to sit at the table and engage in difficult conversations to find peace and restoration. Over our 24-year relationship, we have had a lot of ups and downs, and we haven't always really liked each other. We definitely never understood each other, and still some of it we don't. But we love one another so much and so hard and really work hard to show up for one another. And our hope is that by listening to this podcast, others may be able to begin to have peace and restoration in some of their other relationships with family members and or other loved ones. Uh, check it out, Splintered Grace Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Take care. Love you. Bye.